If you're struggling to find malpractice insurance, your agent might suggest coverage options for you in the non-standard market. But what exactly does that mean? Well, today we're going to go over the main differences between a standard malpractice insurance policy and a non-standard malpractice insurance policy. We'll talk about the reasons why a healthcare provider may need to go the non-standard route and give you five key things that you need to be aware of before you accept coverage. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. So let's start by talking about the difference between the standard market and the non-standard market in general. Standard market insurance companies are admitted carriers, which means they must comply with the rigorous rules and regulations set out by the Department of Insurance, or DOI. Their rates, business practices, advertisements, and financial condition are closely monitored by the state, and any changes must be reviewed by the DOI for approval. Standard market policyholders are protected against company insolvency through the state's guarantee fund, which steps in to cover in the event that a carrier becomes distressed or goes out of business. Standard market carriers generally have a traditional underwriting approach, and they prefer to insure lower risk physicians and medical groups. Non-standard market companies, also known as excess and surplus lines or ENS carriers, are not admitted and therefore are not subject to the same rules and regulations from the DOI. They can set their own rates, offer different terms, and take on business that standard market carriers may shy away from. Although their policyholders are not protected by the guarantee fund, most non-standard market carriers are financially stable and they have the backing of reputable reinsurers. A physician may need to obtain coverage through a non-standard market carrier for any of the following reasons. Claim issues, licensure issues, having a gap in insurance coverage or previously practicing bare, alcohol or drug issues, high-risk procedures, practicing in a high-risk area, having a unique or higher-risk scope of practice, or perhaps the carrier is simply not writing that particular class of business anymore. In order to write a policy with a non-standard market carrier, a broker or agent will have to show diligent effort in placing the business in the standard market first before they can access the secondary market. Usually this means obtaining at least three declinations in order to write or renew coverage in the non-standard market. The coverage that is issued through non-standard carriers is generally more limited in nature. For example, most non-standard carriers do not offer occurrence coverage, only claims made. There are stricter guidelines, there is less flexibility in underwriting, and the premiums are much higher. 
But beyond the higher rate and the stricter rules, there are five key things that you need to be aware of before you accept a non-standard malpractice insurance policy. First, most non-standard malpractice insurance policies have defense inside of policy limits. Defense inside the limit means that all defense-related expenses, such as attorney fees, court costs, expert witness fees, filing fees, etc., are deducted from your policy limit, which reduces the amount of coverage that is available to you to pay for monetary damages awarded by a ruling. If, for example, you have a $1 million, $3 million limit, and the defense costs are $200,000, then the total amount of coverage that you actually have available to you to pay for claims is only $800,000, which is your $1 million per claim limit minus the $200,000 defense costs. Most standard market policies are not structured in this way. Standard market malpractice insurance policies typically have defense outside of policy limits which means that any defense-related expenses are paid by the company apart from your limits. So your policy limit is untouched and you get the full amount for any damages that need to be paid in a claim. The second thing that you need to be aware of in a non-standard malpractice policy is a deductible. Most non-standard policies will require a deductible to be paid before the insurance will respond. You will likely have a few deductible options to choose from, but just know that it's likely going to be a requirement of your coverage. Standard market malpractice insurance policies, on the other hand, usually do not have a deductible. Those policies trigger coverage immediately and do not require any additional monies to be paid in the event of a claim. Third, most non-standard policies will not give you pure consent to settle they are likely to have a hammer clause. With a pure consent to settle provision in your malpractice insurance policy, the carrier must obtain your written permission before they can settle a case on your behalf. Without your consent, the insurance company cannot settle. Rather, it must allow the complaint to go through the full formal legal process. To protect their interests, many insurers include language referred to as a hammer clause that stipulates that if you refuse to consent to a settlement recommended by the insurer, the insurer's liability for the claim will not exceed the amount for which the claim could have been settled, and any additional defense costs incurred following your refusal to settle will not be covered. With a standard hammer clause, the insurer will not settle any claim without your consent. However, if you refuse to consent any settlement recommended by the insurer or you unreasonably withhold your consent to an otherwise logical settlement offer, then the insurer's liability for the claim will not exceed the amount for which the claim could have been settled, including claim expenses incurred up until the date of the refusal. You can reject a settlement, but the insurer can then cap its liability in the matter. For example, let's say that a carrier was willing to pay $450,000, the amount of a $350,000 settlement offer plus $100,000 in legal fees, but you don't give your consent. Well, if you lose at trial and a $1 million verdict is entered against you, then you may be required to pay the out-of-pocket $550,000 of the verdict, 
which is the difference between that $1 million award and the $450,000 liability capped that was imposed by the insurance company, plus the additional attorney fees that were incurred to defend the claim. The pounding hammer clause takes it one step further, stating that if you refuse to settle and you insist on continuing to fight, you do so on your own. The insurer pays you the amount of the accepted settlement plus the incurred defense costs to the point of acceptance, and then they step out of the picture. You become responsible for your own defense and costs and any judgment over the amount that has already been paid to you by the insurer. Okay, obviously this can be a really big deal for healthcare providers, so it's important that you understand what kind of consent provision the carrier is willing to offer you before you accept their coverage. The fourth thing that you need to be aware of in a non-standard policy is the written demand trigger. If your policy has a written demand trigger, it means that in order for a carrier to recognize an event as a legitimate claim, they must receive something in writing. Typically, this comes as a formal notice from an involved party, such as a doctor, a patient, or an attorney. But just calling the carrier to advise that you've had an adverse outcome or that you suspect that something may come of an event does not bind the carrier to that particular claim. Standard market malpractice policies are more lenient on this, and they have what's called an incident trigger. Incident triggers are much more flexible. Not only are written notifications considered claims, but so are reported incidents that a physician might proactively report. And the fifth thing that you need to be aware of in a non-standard malpractice policy is that you likely won't get free tail. Nearly all standard market malpractice carriers offer free tail in the event of death, disability, or retirement. Non-standard carriers typically do not offer this. This means that you need to be prepared to buy your tail insurance when you cancel this policy. Tail insurance typically costs one and a half to two times the mature premium. So be sure to plan ahead and budget accordingly for your tail when the time comes to buy it. While non-standard malpractice coverage is not ideal, sometimes it's the only option. For most providers, coverage in the non-standard market is temporary and it's seen as kind of a rehab period while a provider gets back on their feet after an unfortunate event. Maybe it's a series of bad claims or a substance abuse issue or something like that. Most standard market carriers want to see at least five years with no claim activity and a demonstration of compliance before they'll be willing to reconsider you for standard market coverage. When a provider is able to transition back into the standard market, they will generally have to start over in their coverage, meaning that they will have to buy tail to close out that non-standard policy before moving back into the standard market. Prior acts coverage is generally not allowed. For providers in the non-standard market, it is incredibly important to have a knowledgeable malpractice insurance agent working with you. Your agent can do the legwork to assess the market for you on an annual basis to determine what your real options are and obtain the necessary declinations, etc., to get you access to the non-standard market or renew your coverage. 
if and when it becomes possible for you to move out of the secondary market and back into the standard market. An agent can ease the transition and help you find a suitable option for your new malpractice coverage going forward. If you have any questions on this topic or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. And don't forget that our mailbag link is now live on our website. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast, check out the link below where you can drop us a line and ask your question. Or schedule a quick 10-minute phone call for a personal consultation to discuss your unique insurance needs. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.